Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truths about possessions. Are you aware every day that you're a pilgrim? That if the Lord tarries and even if He doesn't tarry, you're going to leave everything behind? So be a steward of it, but don't live for it. Don't put all your eggs in the world's basket. If you're a materialist, you're going to be disappointed because it's all going up smoke one of these days. Or you're going to leave it all behind. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Scripture tells us, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Today, Pastor Xavier brings an incredible story of God's hand in the lives of His people, a plan that will bless many for years to come. It's a plan that puts the Lord at the heart of your treasure. Let's join him for today's study drawn out for us from the book of Genesis. Chapter 46, we're going to go from verse 28 all the way to the end of chapter 47, verse 31. The message entitled, Blessed Beyond Imagination. Israel has received the message of Joseph to come to Egypt and also the command of Pharaoh. But he knew the final authority over his life was Yahweh. So he stopped at Beersheba to sacrifice and to get his orders from God. That's always the bottom line. And God appeared to him in a vision in chapter 46, verse 3 and 4. And he um, approves of his journey to Egypt by telling him six things that are very important. In uh, verse 3 through 4, he says, So he said, I am God, the God of your fathers. Secondly, do not fear to go down to Egypt. Third, for I will make of you a great nation there. Fourth, I will go down with you to Egypt. Fifth, I will also surely bring you up again, sixth and last, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. The journey of Israel to dwell in Egypt was by the hand of God. He got his orders from God. Let me read the passage here, beginning verse 28. Then um, he sent Judah before him to Joseph, having given us the... uh, genealogy of those who all went down to point out before him the way to Goshen and they came to the land of Goshen so Joseph made ready his chariot went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel and he presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while and Israel said to Joseph now let me die since I have seen your face because you are still alive and then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him my brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan had come to me And the men were shepherds, for their occupation had been to feed livestock, and they have uh, brought their flocks and herds and all that they have. So it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation, that you will say your servant's occupation has been with livestock from our youth even till now. Both we and our fathers, that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. And then Joseph went in and told Pharaoh and said, My father, my brothers, and the flocks and their herds and all that they possess have come down from the land of Canaan. And indeed, they are in the land of Goshen. So he took five men with him. Um, his brothers presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no 
pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And so Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. And then Joseph brought his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh. And um, Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, how old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the years of my life. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers and the days of their pilgrimage. And so Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph situated his father and his brothers and gave them the possessions of the land of Egypt and the best of the land and the land of Ramesses. Also, Pharaoh, uh, as Pharaoh had commanded. Then Joseph provided his father and his brothers and all of his father's household with bread according to the number of their families. Now, there was no bread in the land, for the famine was very severe. So the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So when the money fell in the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. And then Joseph says, Give me your livestock, and I will give you bread for um, your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph. Joseph gave them bread in exchange for their horses, their flocks, their cattle, their herds, and for their donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for their livestock that year. And then when the year had ended, they came within the next year and said to him, we will not hide it from my Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There is nothing left in our sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Um, buy us and our land for bread, and we and our lands will be servants of, jo of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. And so Joseph then brought all the land of uh, Egypt for Pharaoh, and every man of the Egyptians sold his field because the famine was severe upon the land. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other end. Only the land of the priests did he not buy, for the priests had a ration allotted from by Pharaoh, and they ate the rations that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your lands this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it came to pass in the harvest that you will give one-fifth to Pharaoh, four-fifths shall be your own, and the seed for the field and for your food for those of the household and food for your little ones. So they said, uh, you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. So Joseph made a law over all the land of Egypt that day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. And so Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, the country of Goshen, and they had uh, possessions there, and they grew and they multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the length of Jacob's life was 147. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now I have found favor in your sight. Please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers. And they shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. 
And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him, so Israel bowed himself on the head of his bed. The journey of Israel to dwell in Egypt consists of three movements. The first is found in verse 28 of chapter 46 all the way down to verse 12 of chapter 47. And here we have the temporal residence of the family of Jacob in Egypt. Then we have, in verse 13 through 26, the administerial wisdom of the remaining years of famine in Egypt. And we finish with the providential care by God for the family of Jacob in Egypt in verse 27 through 31. God's hand is all over this section as it has been in the past. God has orchestrated this whole thing. His decrees have gone out. He's in control. Let's begin here with the temporal residence of the family of Jacob in Egypt. Beginning verse 28 of chapter 46, from 28 to 34, Israel and his sons met Joseph. Notice the preparation by Israel in verse 1. He sent Judah before him, Joseph, to point the way to Goshen. Judah seems to be the spokesman as he was the intercessor there in Egypt for Benjamin. They came to the land of Goshen. One can only imagine the great anticipation of Jacob to see Joseph. 17 years he was old when he was sold as a slave. Now he's 39. He's changed. He's, uh, he's looked more like an Egyptian, and yet he's a Hebrew. The preparation by Joseph in verse 29, he made his chariot ready. He went to Goshen to meet his father, and he presented himself to him. The word presented means to see or perceive, but is used of patriarchal stories for God appearing to them. The idea here in the context is to draw attention to the incredible impression made upon Jacob at the sight of his son in his power and splendor in his chariot and his servants. He could have never imagined such a thing. He fell on his neck. He wept over him. A good while, I would imagine, many years, 22 years. He can look back and see the hand of God now. It's a different story. The pointed words of Israel in verse 30 are given. His comment is, and Israel said to Joseph, not let me die since I have seen your face. This guy always wants to die. His reason, because you are still alive. There is nothing like love between family, between people, between husband and wife. That's the whole purpose of living. The particular counsel given by Joseph is in verse 31 and 32. He would announce their arrival to Pharaoh in verse 31. Then Joseph said to his brothers and fathers, Behold, I will go up to Pharaoh and say to my brothers and those of my father's household that were in the land of Canaan had come to me. And he would inform Pharaoh of their livelihood. Joseph is setting them up. Joseph understands the, the Egyptian culture. Joseph understands what God wants to do. So he's preparing everything. And the men are shepherds, he's going to tell them. For their occupation has been to feed livestock, and they have brought their flocks, their herds, and all that they have. In other words, they were not coming to Egypt to live off the Pharaoh. They were coming. They were hard workers. This is always good that you work hard no matter where you go. Verse 33 and 34, the purpose was to be, to be assigned to the specific land area that God had already pointed out. God chose it. Joseph is in control here. Not Pharaoh. God's in control. No one else. 
If the question is, so it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, what is your occupation? Then the response would be that you will say your servant's uh, occupation has been with livestock from our youth, even till now, both we and our fathers, so that you may dwell in the land of Goshen. There's the purpose. Hearing that they were shepherds, then that region would be the best. It would serve the purposes of God, both not only to have the best, but to be kind of isolated from the Egyptians. And the reason is, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians. Now, when you get to verse 1 through 6, you get Joseph brought his brothers before Pharaoh now. In verse 1, he's already coached them. He's prepared them. The audience before Pharaoh in verse 1, the intro. Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers and their flocks and their herds are all, and have all their possessions. It's here. And then their arrival, they've come to the land of, from the land of Canaan. And indeed, they are in the land of Goshen. So you've invited them. I've invited them. You command them. They're here. And the brothers accompanied Joseph in verse 2. He took five of them among his brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. Uh, the anticipated question of Pharaoh comes forth as Joseph told them in verse 3. Joseph said to his brothers, what is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And so Pharaoh follows up in verse 4 just exactly as Joseph had anticipated. Again, the implication is God's behind all this. God is dealing with Joseph. God is preparing everything. The purpose for their coming is stated. They said to Pharaoh, we have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pastures for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. They would dwell as migrants or as immigrants to an extent, suggestive of the temporal stay. So they're saying, we're not here to stay. We're only here for the famine. Their petition. Now, therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. The allotment of the land then is given by Pharaoh. The proclamation in verse 5. Pharaoh then spoke to Joseph, saying, your fathers, your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before them. Have your fathers and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. Bingo. The best of the land encompasses the good that God meant for them at the end of chapter 50, verse 20. Remember creation? God saw the first, it was good, it was good, it was good. It was very good. The goodness is for man. The goodness is for, for those who are with God. He has that prepared for us. The petition, and if you know any competent man among them, then let them make them chief herdsmen over my flock. So the brothers became officers of Pharaoh immediately enjoying legal protection. Now, Joseph brought his father before Pharaoh next in verse 7 through 12. In verse 7, Jacob presents himself not as Pharaoh's servant, but as his superior the brothers said, your servants, what does Jacob do? Here's the entrance. Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob, and he set him before Pharaoh. And who initiates? And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. He does not come in like a servant. He doesn't come proudful, but he comes in as a superior. He knows that God has gone before him. He knows that this is of God. And he knows that he is an ambassador of God. 
The word bless is a key word in the book of Genesis, as you know. It was first used over Adam and Eve in the creation in Genesis 1, 28, 2, 3, and many portions. The promise to Abraham was that he would be a blessing and that in him all the families of the earth would be blessed in Genesis 12, 2, and 3. The ultimate fulfillment is Messiah, the whole earth. But the Jews were to be a blessing to the world. That was God's will and desire. Verse 8 and 9, Pharaoh was inquisitive about Jacob's age. Um, he must have looked pretty weathered. Um, you know, you see him, you think, how, how old are you? You go, oh, you look good. <laughs> Pharaoh said to Jacob, how old are you? The answer, Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. That's a long time. 130, he would live 17 more, 147. That's a long time. But he says, few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. Few in that they go by so fast in comparison to eternity. Evil, unpleasant, difficult in that he has so many problems and heartaches to enjoy life. His flight to Mesopotamia, the treacherous betrayal of Laban on his honeymoon night, the rape of his daughter, Dinah, the supposed death of Joseph, and on and on and on. They have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. He would live 17 more years, 147. No one lives longer than Jacob after this point. It goes downward. And notice they were all pilgrims passing through Hebrews eleven thirteen. Are you aware every day that you're a pilgrim? That if the Lord tarries, and even if he doesn't tarry, you're going to leave everything behind? So be a steward of it, but don't live for it. Don't put all your eggs in the world's basket. You'll be sorely disappointed. If you're a materialist, you're going to be disappointed because it's all going up in smokes one of these days. Or you're going to leave it all behind. Jacob pronounced a blessing over Pharaoh on his way out. Verse 10. He did it as an ambassador of heaven. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh. He dismisses himself. He went out from before Pharaoh. He entered in as a superior and he exited the same way. <laughs> Amazing. Look at verse 11 and 12. Joseph implemented now the words of Pharaoh. He situated his father, his brothers, in verse 11, gave him the possession of the land of Egypt, the best of the land, the land of Ramesses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Goshen was situated, as you know, in the northeast uh, of the Nile Delta, very fertile region. Ramesses, uh, there's a lot of argument about this. Uh, it could have been a district, which later on became the city of Ramesses, because we know that Exodus 12:37, Numbers 33, 3 and 5, it is called city of Ramesses when they exited 400 years later. Okay? So it could have been a district and later became the name of the city of Ramesses. So you see them all here. Now, then Joseph, in verse 12, provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread according to the number of their families, just as he had said. This was the provision by the invitation of Joseph. This is the provision by the command of Pharaoh. 
I think of the six and a half years that God put us in Alhambra, beginning 1980, and we started a home study with three people, and he provided every place that we met when we started, we grew the home, the YMCA, on Main Street, the Women's Club, the Masonic Lodge, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, the church over there on Rosemead, and finally the Cockroach Investor Theater over there on Atlantic and, and Main Street. Uh, but he kept us there. And um, necessary for what God had in store for Pasadena, God was in control. The opportunities that God will provide for us as Christians are what is best for us, but we must always seek him for approval and confirmation. We have to be careful at times, though an opportunity may look real good and sound immediately, but long-term-wise, it will hinder our life, even perhaps bring bad consequences. So I have to look way down the road. I have to go to God. At other times, it may look real bad, not so good, but in reality, God tells me to go, And it's going to be the best for me long-term-wise. You understand? The principle of the word is that the word is the first thing that we use to judge whatever direction we believe the Lord is leading us. And then we finally go to prayer. We get his bottom line. If everything is clear within the scriptures and principle and all that, and I go to God, I don't hear anything from him, then I'm clear in in the scriptures. But even if I see everything clear and all that, and I go to God and God says, don't go, then I don't go. Now, some people don't see God because they don't think he'll speak to them. And other people don't see God because they know they'll speak, he'll speak to them. James 4, 1 through 3 says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure and war in your members? You lust and you do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that it may be spent in your own pleasure. And so the motive of the heart, what is going on? Do I really want God's will? Do I want him to guide and direct me? One of the greatest satisfactions in life is to be able to work and provide for one's loved ones. Work is a good thing. It is healthy, and it gives a person a sense of satisfaction and confidence in life. Uh, Too much work is no good. There's an appropriate balance. Ecclesiastes 2.21 says, For there is a man whose labor is with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, yet he must leave his heritage to a man who has not labored for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. Parents, if you don't teach your children to be hard workers, when they get your stuff, they'll go through it like candy because they've never had to work. They don't appreciate it. You understand? The place where you live is merely the temporal residence. I must be aware of this always. We're pilgrims and sojourners, Hebrews eleven thirteen, passing through. We need to walk in wisdom, redeeming the time, knowing that days are evil, so that we can enjoy and get the most out of life, Ephesians 6, 5, 16. This physical body is a mere tent. It starts tearing, leaking, creaking, and everything else. And one of these days, we're going to put it off and we're going to put on the new body, 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 8. You know, people are so caught up with this body and they try to keep it so new, you know, facelifts and breast implants and they even have buttocks implants and everything else. I mean, you're going to be the best looking corpse at Rose Hill. 
the temporal residence of the family of Jacob in Egypt was by the hand of God. No one else. How about your life? Can you look back and say, Lord, you're so good? Pastor Xavier Reese with a reminder of the loving hand of God in the lives of his people, a hand that's willing to guide and direct you as well. Well, next time we're together, Pastor Xavier will wrap up his thoughts on this study. Now, if you won't be able to join us then, you can pick up a recorded copy of this message. The title to ask for is Blessed Beyond Imagination. It's available on CD for only $4. And this is a great way to share this ministry with your friends and loved ones. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Blessed Beyond Imagination. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This is one way we can track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. People are in need of hope and help, but where's the best place to find it? Don't miss the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese for the answer. Hope to see you then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 